What's going on? I really want to get rid of this, but like I didn't have time before this was going to happen, so I'm just sitting here in discomfort. <laughs> ah, you look beautiful and you know it. Yes, I hate this though. It's itchy and I don't like it. You mean some of this? Some of this right here? I could have a sick I... neck beard if I really focused. You shouldn't want that. That's not oh, a thing I'm you not going want. to. But my mustache is long enough now that I can gnaw on on this part, like the part around. Like I can turn it into my mouth. I, I understand. Please, please stop talking. <laughs> and I have to constantly like take my fingers and be like, "Get you, get out of there. You go, you get right out of there." You're dope, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Out of context, that would sound awesome. All right. Anyways, let's get started because time is of the essence, Patrick. <laughs> Welcome back to Men of the Machine. Yeah, that was really not very energetic at all, but that's okay. That's not what this is about. So, I haven't tested the audio, so just say something real fast and I'll know where you're peeking. Something real fast. Oh, you're peeking. Perfect. Okay, so today's episode is... So, I'm, I'm in my head originally, as it was supposed to be about a month ago, is a comic creation episode, a la last time where I pitched the dopest Batman story ever that I'm very, that one day will be real, and my Doctor Strange story, which was a fan favorite of one man who (laughs) may or may not host another podcast with me, but that's irrelevant. (laughs) I still got input that it was good. So... Uh, today, From Jeff, who created the Hip Hop Punisher, so Hip Hop Punisher. Okay, I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> so don't get it twisted. And we actually, oh yeah. So update. We move. So I think at the end of last episode, maybe we were recording or not. But I told you about how me and Jeff are making a comic book now. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm gonna totally <laughs> need some help on in the future. So if I'm ever coming to you with random comic questions, you got to be there for me. Because this is important, but uh, so so I we we started talking a little bit more at work, and we always had the idea, and I have it wrote down in my notebook, and and it's growing. But I sat down at class yesterday, totally paying attention the whole time uh, for the new job. I have these stupid classes that take forever, and that's why today we almost weren't able to record. But that's not the point. And I just wrote five six pages of like background, like no dialogue, no like scenes, just story about what it is and i am getting so goddamn excited about this story and i want to tell you but i'll do that off mic because that doesn't need to be recorded because eventually we do want this to be an actual comic book and if i just give it all away on my podcasts then what's the point you know what's the point but that's coming real my biggest challenge right now is I'm, I'm relatively comfortable with dialogue, and I'm relatively comfortable with the story. We Like, not relatively. I'm fucking through the roof excited about the actual story that I've built. Well, we've built, me and Jeff. But putting it into panels, like deciding what goes in which panels, is so hard. Oh my, that has got to be the hardest part about being a comic book writer. In my, in my mind, at least. I mean... Ooh. Yes, you described how writing a comic is different. I mean, that's the whole thing Kevin Smith had talked about when um, he first started writing Daredevil. And he was just like, I don't know how to fucking do this. And uh, so Quesada was just like, okay, just write scripts like as scripts, like as movie scripts. 
give them to me, and I will make them in the comics. So I guess like the first like three issues or so of uh, Daredevil, the way it worked was Kevin Smith would basically write film scripts, give them to Joe Quesada, and Joe Quesada would turn them into film, to turn them into comics. And I guess by like issue three or four is where Kevin Smith kind of figured out how to work the format. But I mean that's literally like the whole thing is it's like it's not writing books like novels it's not writing films it's a completely different thing so you have to like that's the whole thing is like that's the challenge of it so you can't be like oh my god da, da, da. i'm like that's literally oh. what the fucking writing comics is like, it's, it's so difficult it's so god dang difficult but we're gonna get there the guy texted me uh uh he draws the person we have doing the uh drawing for us justin he's super cool but he draws manga so yep. the char- so it's going to be very manga inspired as far as the art goes, which will be different from what I see in my head. But you you got to work with that. That's the whole point. Like I can't draw it, so I have to work with his skill set. I'm totally okay with it. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 like so. For example, the the very beginning, as I, I said this before in the end, like the point of our character is that he is God. It's doing that stupid like only recording on the left side again. So the whole point of uh, the character, he's super, like, depressed, and he's gone through a lot of stuff. Like, we built a backstory around the fact that uh, his best friend died and yada yada. And he gains superpowers through that. So the whole first panel is basically going to be showing you, you know, his origin story. Like, his, he's he's a struggled teenager. He tries to kill himself. The whole first panel is going to be... Er, first first, all first issue. Sorry, sorry. First issue. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, that's, that's what a I was... hell of a panel. <laughs> no. The first Alan issue. Moore doesn't write that well, so um, congratulations <laughs> to you. I don't know. There was like a six-paragraph essay in one of those fr- in the Batman Returns freaking beginning. That whole first page is crazy, but that's not the point. First issue, background story, and I like in my head I can lay it out in three parts. You know, showing him being like tormented and bullied, showing him try to commit the deed of killing himself, gaining superpowers, and then showing him respond to having superpowers. Okay, AB, that's easy. So those are like what six pages a piece because the comics like twenty pages, right? I mean, give or take. Usually twenty two, but yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So so seven pages for so boom, I can split it into thirds. That's about as narrow as I can get. Once I have to start trying to think of this in panels, and I'm just starting to read comics more and more. Like every time you tell me something major, I'm like, oh, I have to read it, and I'll read just that. Now I'm trying to read just in general seek out comics. So it's gonna be a little while before I get super. Into well, it, I sent you but... the links to Scott yeah. McCloud's books, because Scott McCloud's books will help you figure it out. Okay, well, yeah, I'm excited. But, okay. Either either buy them or get them through perfectly legal means. I don't care how. I'm just saying you should read them before you do this. I'll find a way to obtain the art. So, today, talk about comic books that we would pitch if we could pitch us major Marvel or DC characters, how this goes today. Or, I mean, I guess if yours is based off a of, uh, Vertigo or, or any of that bullshit. I don't care. I'm just saying one of the major brands, if they were like, hey, here's a character, go with it, that's what these episodes of Man of the Machine is about. We good? That's fine. I mean, I'll just basically do something off the cuff because I'm not like... Honestly, if I was to do... Like, there was a long time where I was just like, I totally wanted to like play with those toys, mm-hmm. but like now I'm like... Honestly, I'd rather go to Image and do my own thing. Well, Rocky Danielson, we're going to sell this as an indie thing, and someone's going to catch wind, it's going to get popular, and then they're going to sign us. Win-win. It won't happen, but we can pray, okay? (laughs) We can pray. The dude who, uh, Tommy was telling me this, 
I've, have I told you about One Punch Man and how much I absolutely love it? Yes, you have talked about it more than once, yes. So that guy, the whole One Punch Man manga and anime, which is like one of the more popular ones, I'm not going to say it's one of the most, but it's it's in like the upper echelon of, of those. He started literally just making web comics that look like shit. One Punch Man, but in his drawing, and he can't draw at all, it'd be like me trying to draw our Rocky Danielson character. Uh, it's just his drawings, but the story is legit, and it caught on and got popular, and then actual artists saw it, you know, said, hey, we'll draw this for you. So the manga looks professional, and then the show caught on, so on and so forth. But he started just like on his computer uploading his very, very shitty things. So there's hope. Okay, <laughs> lightning does strike every now and again. Uh, but, uh, so this this week, okay, so here's my story. I've been waiting to tell you this forever. I What have I told you so far? All I told you was that it was Nightcrawler, right? Yes. Okay. I, like, I actually mentioned that to Cardinal yesterday when we were doing Gifted Punctures, and I was just like, yeah, Kevin asked me, like, uh, if Nightcrawler ever had a solo series, I'm like, He's had a lot that never lasts very long. No. And he's like, yeah, he's like, there was actually, he's like, there's a fucking, he's like, there, was, there must have been a story going on at the same time as, like, Death of Wolverine, because I have the Nightcrawler tie into that. Really? And I was just like, yeah, so. Okay, well, this is a Nightcrawler team-up book, so whether it be Solo or the, it would be called Nightcrawler, and I'm going to get to that in a minute, we'll find out, like, that's, I don't know, but, so, I'm going to ask you some, for both of my stories, so it's going to go me, you, me, for our pitches both of our stories i'm going to pretty much like ask you questions about the characters as i'm telling the story that way if it has happened you'll have, we i will correct on the fly so my nightcrawler story have they what is the most common theory for what happens when he teleports um what i, I don't know about the common like for me the way i always like kind of i think i i can't remember if it was actually in the books or is something i put because I, I didn't realize that later in life there's a lot of stuff that i read between the lines that wasn't in any way true mm-hmm. but there was like one time when i was younger that like i mentioned for some reason in my head i had gotten into my head that um hobgoblin was basically norman osborne dying going to hell selling his soul and coming back and like my friend steve is just like that is not remotely accurate <laughs> yeah aren't they different guys <laughs> really fuck well yeah he's like but that is really fucking awesome and i would read that story <laughs> and i was just like fair enough but um, my whole thing with uh, Nightcrawler is that he either goes to another dimension, or, although I always like the idea he went through hell, because they okay. said basically they smell the brimstone when okay. um, I he, thought I like, remember teleports. you telling me that one time, so that's wonderful. Yeah. Okay, so in my story, I picture exactly that. He goes to hell or a uh, universe, dimension, whatever, s- similar to it. So when you hear the the... the isn't it Bamf that pops up when he yes. teleports? Yeah, when you when you see or hear the Bamf and the little bit of smoke cloud, the black smoke that puffs around, he goes to this place. So in my story, he's he shows up in this, and when he's in that place, time stands still. So like his teleportation is instantaneous, ish. I don't think they've done ones where have they done ones where he has to teleport a really long distance and it takes a minute to get there or anything. Well, he generally generally does it. Like he does once in a while. Like, there's like the, the thing they did like in Second Coming where he like went a distance to save Hope. Yeah. But like it's like they, they, it is kind of true, kind of like what they do in X two, where he's just like he doesn't generally go where he can't see. Exactly, exactly. So in in my story, he can't, he goes where he can't see. So when he goes into this other portal, he's basically in my eyes 
guessing the distance like he's a really good gauge of distance ergo you know like oh shit i can see that wall over there i need to i I know i need to go 35 feet so he goes to this other place walks and then pops back through cool so he you know along but when he's in that time is still so he can go there and just fuck around so in this scenario i like to think of that as like his um kind of like his hangout like it's it's his it's his place when he doesn't want to deal with anything or if he's doing like if he's in the middle of a fight or whatever and he teleports over there it gives him an extra minute to think through his next step so i like to think of it like that so he goes down there and one time he can't come back so he poofs down there and then he goes you know walks like okay i'm just going a little bit over this way and then he tries to do his that would be hard to explain but he tries to do his thing where he teleports back and he can't for some reason and he's never spent more than just a few minutes in this hell or in this dimension so he gets freaked out and he's like what the fuck do i do like he doesn't know if there's other people down here he doesn't know if there's other shit going on down here it's literally just a gas station for him he stops in fills up leaves so he's trapped down here everything else is normal you know it's not like uh, shit's all wonky it's just a brimstone-esque fiery all redstone shit and he's walking around trying to figure out what could have happened to trap him in this location. And he starts running into, I don't need your help on villains. I want him to fight some villains. I just can't think of what. Because the, the instant one that popped into my head is Mephisto, the, the devil. Like, but, but Nightcrawler's no match for him. So, boom, I just thought of something I want to do. So Mephisto's <laughs> getting pissed that Nightcrawler is using his, his lair, his home, his hell as his little like oh just gonna stop in and keep on moving and i'm in and out you can't stop me so he finds a way to trap nightcrawler in there while nightcrawler is trying to you know doing his little hijinks his adventure through hell he runs into dr strange what yeah because fucking dr strange can go anywhere he wants and do anything he wants so he comes down there too but he gets trapped by the same spell or force that holds nightcrawler there and it's a dr strange nightcrawler team up against mephisto I mean, I'm not sure that anyone could, like, trap Doctor Strange, but, yes, I mean, all right, fine. It's it's a special devil spell that was not <laughs> meant for Doctor Strange, so just by happenstance, it works on Doctor Strange. But maybe that's the whole point, Doctor Strange being the genius uh, uh, magician, or no, sorcerer that he is, he finds a way around it, and that's how he gets him and Nightcrawler out of there. But it's a buddy cop team-up story of Doctor Strange and Nightcrawler. I mean, fair enough. I mean, it's... It depends. Uh, I so mean, I, so I would like to make Nightcrawler kind of skittish. Like he's he's terrified. He's never been here this long. He's but, like, uh, uh, and Doctor Strange is all like, "Huh, I can't seem to get out. I'll find a way out of this." Like really cocky, really Doctor Strangey. Just like ah, no biggie. Oh look, Nightcrawler. Yeah, let's get out of this place. And then they fight Mephisto. I mean, you could have him be like a little bit skittish, but that would be untrue to the character if he's like super skittish. Because the whole thing that was like interesting about Nightcrawler is that he's like the Errol Flynn of, like, of the X-Men, for sure. Like, really, of like a lot of, like, I totally Marvel know who that is. Errol Flynn is the guy who's most famous for being the original Robin Hood, like, in, like, the, like, old, oh, old movie. Oh, okay. okay. Like, he's kind of, really known, like, he, when you, when you basically, Errol Flynn is, like, a, like, shortcut for saying, like, swashbuckling and, like, okay. kind of, like, that kind of cool, like, pirate vibe. Yeah. And that's okay, always, so like, that was always kind Nightcrawler of a integral part the of the movies, character. and they've always made him kind of... Uh, not skittish, but they've always made him timid yeah. in the movies. So, so this is where you help me build my story. Okay, so change that. We're, we're changing that now. Help me build Nightcrawler. 
Okay. Well, yeah, so I'm saying, like, because, um, well, I mean, he would always start out, because if you picture it, like, I mean, no matter who you want to be, like, when you're, like, this poor bastard in Germany who looks like a fucking demon, like, and people are constantly trying to kill you, they think that they're doing God's work, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to make you kind of scared all the time. But, like, true. once he comes, like, the X-Men become, comes into his own, he's more, like, whatever. Like, that's what, that's what I'm saying, like, the, uh like, Apocalypse version, like, the, with him as a kid, I can buy that as kid Nightcrawler. But I was like, if he doesn't turn into, like, swashbuckling Nightcrawler at some point, I'm going to be really fucking angry. Because, right, well, like, well, then how about this? Is Are demons, like, a, a common occurrence in the Marvel Universe? Like, are demons in hell? I mean, yeah. There was, like a, there was a whole arc where uh, Jason Aaron did Wolverine in hell. Okay, so then... All right, so we've got we've got pirate Nightcrawler. He's all with the patch and stuff. No, he won't look like a pirate. But his personality is all hardcore badass. And... He, like, he sees demons and they just treat him as another. Because he looks funky. Like you said, he looks like a demon. So he has to use, before he runs into Doctor Strange, he basically just has to not make it known that he's not just another demon in hell. Or, he can't let them know that he's not just another demon in hell trying to find his way out. Well, you'd also, you'd have to, like, because, I mean, obviously lower form demons would be, but, like, if you consider, like, every villain who ever died, like, in the Marvel Universe, like, they would definitely know... Yeah, no, no. And would, We're, maybe we see them later. Maybe that's like a few issues. Well, yeah, in, that's what I'm saying. You yeah. Have to like, you, yeah you have to get, but if you don't do that, then you're just pussy. Yeah. Shit, then but, you could have Nightcrawler and Doctor Strange like fighting a bunch of badass Marvel villains that have died. That'd be kind of cool to have happen later. Like, like mm-hmm. what would be a good villain that they could take? Obviously, Doctor Strange can take almost anyone, but you have to factor in that Nightcrawler is basically just a really agile dude in this world because he can't teleport anymore. I mean... I'm trying to think. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Like, I want to say Sabretooth. I can't remember if he Has Red Skull did. died? Yeah. Oh, man. You could have freaking Nightcrawler punching out a Nazi. Okay, yes. But, I mean, that's. I. Fine. Well, no, 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 no. We're helping. <laughs> this is a teamwork thing. Pretend well, no, we're in a like, board right he... now and we're bouncing them off each other. To me, Red Skull is, like, the level of, like, Dr. Doom. Like, to, like, to make, make him, like, a fucking, like. Essentially, like, a B-list character punching him out annoys me on a very okay, primal level. Yeah, but... <laughs> but that's also... He's also going up against Captain America, not to d- take down Captain America at all, but at the time when they were fighting, it was just strong guy versus strong guy punching each other. So, I'm just... Yes, but he's also the guy who's basically almost taken over the fucking Marvel Universe more than once, so, yeah, like... so he's got the brains, but not the bronze entirely, so it could be at least moderately interesting. All right, well, fine. Red Skull's out. No, that's fair. I'm not going to push it. Red Skull's out. Let's move on. I mean, um, I would do that. I think it'd be cool to do a cover where he's like punching him in hell. Like basically, like, it's kind of like a replication of uh, that whole Captain America issue where he's punching Hitler in the face. Yeah, that was like, like one of the really, really early ones, right? Yeah. So like, I think that'd be a cool cover, but like, well, then we just tease it as if that's gonna happen. But Red Skull doesn't have time, and he just sends because he's Red Skull, so he has an army of demons down there that he just sends at him instead. Like, yeah, you're not getting to me, just take care of this like even in hell i mean honestly if you, think about it, if you think about it he would have the most he'd probably have the biggest army he ever had in hell because where do your nazis go, <laughs> go immediately there all right so that's so that's still a villain they could fight like he sees red skull tries fact, to fight would, him what i would do is i would basically have like red skull being the guy who leads the charge basically like i would have basically somehow like yeah like mephisto is getting your way in whatever like mm-hmm. he's the one that's stopping him from going but i was like basically that's that i would just kind of then transition to red skull i mean red, red skull would have 
the most massive epic army. Like, I would definitely like have like a giant fucking like dull page spread uh-huh. of like Red Skull and this giant army of fucking dead Nazis, like dead snow, oh, like on the most massive scale. Yeah, and even and some like e- like even some of the uh, grunts from other Marvel bad guys groups that have died, like mix them in there a little bit. Like, well, for yeah, example, like yeah. Well, no, but well, also like if we are using the movies, like, obviously a ton of Chitari died, so there's, like, some Chitari mixed in there, just like, yeah, I guess we'll go along with this guy, why not? I mean, that does give, uh, that, that, may, that, ask, that makes me ask interesting theoretical, theological questions, but alright, Well, okay, enough. maybe not exactly Chitari, <laughs> but you get my, my uh, <laughs> analogy here. Like, some other villains um, have their hordes, and they're in, all of a sudden, Red Skulls, because they're in hell, who else are they gonna join? It's Red Skull. But yeah, so that way you have, like, basically, um... Doctor Strange and Nightcrawler against kind of like a fucking like basically an unwinnable fight because it's mm. kind of like um, to to example like um, either like Assault on Precinct Thirteen or like um, From Dust Till Dawn where it's like you have like a handful of people versus like this horde and it just like who, well how who, the fuck do they survive <laughs> who are some of the good good Marvel guys that are dead right now then. I just think I can never fucking remember who's dead and who's alive. I know it's so nothing in comics. It's so ridiculous. But like, isn't Wolverine dead right now? Yes. Hasn't Wolverine done some messed up shit in his life? Oh, Wolverine's already gone to hell once. Yeah. So, yeah. so what if they run into Wolverine? Then they, and then he helps them. Like like they're getting overrun by Nazis, and then you just hear snicked, and you just yeah. see a bunch of bodies. Like you know how when in the sh- movies, like when a tough guy's running through a horde, like bodies are just like ah ah. And then all of a sudden Wolverine's there and he's like, need a hand or some cl- clever comic book line. Well, yeah, know. one thing is, like, one, for me, like, the end of, like, probably, like, issue, like, two or three would be, like, the army coming for them. And then, like, in, like, the darkness, you just see, like, eyes and some, like, claws Snicked. and, like, the snicks. And then it's, like, that's the last page. And then, like, the next thing oh, is the next Oh, that play. would be so dope. And then we'll leave it at that. You can't add too many heroes. I'm not making this some sort of massive team-up book. So, yeah. So you've got Nightcrawler and um, um, Doctor Strange in, find out that Mephisto trapped him and Red Skull's the one... Tra- like, Mephisto, like, uh, what do you call it when you when you hire someone? He, um... Not hire, I just said that one. I'm talking, <laughs> like, commissioned. He commissioned Red Skull. Like, here you go, man. All the people who could ever be your supporters ever. Do your thing, Red Skull. Go to town and take these guys out. Like, Mephisto's just kind of, like setting the pieces that you're going to die down here by uh, known figures. So the biggest one is Red Skull, Army of Nazis. Oh, God, we're going to die, says Nightcrawler. Doctor Strange says, I wouldn't be so sure. They start fighting a little bit. Black eyes snicked. That's as far as we're going. Okay. That would be amazing. Because <laughs> oh, there, there's always random other Like, I never... I told you this after I read Daredevil, and Jeff told me this, and I told you this after Jeff read Daredevil. Like, there's always other characters that you wouldn't expect because we're so used to the Marvel Universe, the MCU, where you only get to see whatever the name on that movie is, basically. But in comics, there's freaking... Anyone can be anywhere. Not literally. But if you go into it not thinking, like, oh, hey, Black Widow's totally gonna show up in this Daredevil book, and then she does... It's dumbfounding. Doctor Strange showed up in that Daredevil book and summoned Mephisto. Or not Mephisto. He summoned um, some other demon thing. And he's like, I can't hold him here forever. Like, that blew my mind. I thought I was literally just going to see freaking Daredevil, Bullseye, maybe Kingpin, maybe Elektra. And that's that universe. Cool. So, 
Red Skull versus Wolverine and Nightcrawler and Daredevil sound, or Doctor Strange sounds pretty neat to me. Indeed, no, I and I was like, I, at the beginning of the next issue, I basically would have like a like at least four panels, but probably like more than that. Uh, of just like Wolverine basically just cutting his way through Nazis. And oh then, yeah, like, Nazi bodies and, just flying. And then like, uh, well, have him like basically be like, it's like, it's like good to see you, Elf, and then just like go back to like. Oh yeah, because they're like, buddies, aren't they? You told me that. Yeah, There's a... they're best friends. Oh, I forgot about that's even better. Because they, oh shit. Okay, so that means I need to read a bunch of Wolverine and Nightcrawler stories. Not, I mean, like you know, X Men stories where they're being buddies. And learn more about that friendship, because that's, I that's that's perfect. Oh, what happens Basically when a Nazi read, dies in hell? I mean, <laughs> my hope is that like then they're like, because the thing I liked the idea of in um, and it was like Jason Aaron's Ghost Rider run was the idea that like you could basically kill souls, like um, because basically they did this thing where basically um, there was like an evil angel taking over heaven. And, like, he would, he said, like, he would basically, like, tear up souls and, like, toss them to the wind. And I was just, like, so the idea of, like, you can destroy a soul, to me, is, like, that's, either you could, you could go two ways. I mean, if you want, you could do, like, the, basically, it's, like, the fucking, um, uh, the White Walker army yeah. from Game of Thrones, where, like, you can't really kill them, because once you kill them, they're, they can still get back up. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could go with the idea that, like, once you've killed them, like, they're, like, they're, erased from existence essentially like their souls are gone because yeah that would be that was the only thing i was running into which it makes sense that their souls are gone because i mean this is all like philosophical bullshit that theoretical bullshit any type of bullshit where like i mean hell and heaven have to be finite space like finite spaces right like so killing nazis just frees up spaces (laughs) no no they don't have to be but let's say like him killing nazis like like we could have a a quip at the end by uh, mephisto when they escape there's like uh the line in dawn of the dead both dawn of the deads um when there's no more room in hell the dead will walk the earth (laughs) okay so yeah so so well we're not gonna bring zombies in but that could be like a quip like they finally escape like end of the the story you're like yay our good guys did it or whatever, maybe like we leave Wolverine in hell or something. But anyways, you it's just like a quip from Mephisto where he's he's like, ah shit, dude, they got me again. Well, at least they freed up some space in hell because he just cleared out so many Nazi souls, gone, wiped out. I will say though, I do think it'd be interesting if like somehow like the fight like continued to the mortal plane. Like if it starts in hell and like issue like three or four transitions to like somehow like it transitioning like you have like zombie nazis and like red skull and nightcrawler and um wolverine and doctor strange in like new york with like mm-hmm. this army of fucking um zombie nazis and nazis, like as they're called i'm calling them zombie nazis zombies <laughs> um i'm calling them nazi zombies and uh them fighting those guys and then like somehow like the avengers and possibly the x-men get involved and everything well that's like, a if big we... fucking i'll call this up right now I'll let him, we will run into Scott Snyder in the elevator again, damn it. And I'll just be like, listen, just hear me out. Just really quick. Doctor Strange sodomizes Captain America as a goat. It's just, just hear me out. This works. No, he will call the police and then he will <laughs> follow give the punksters. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good point. You don't have to be there when that happens. We'll take separate <laughs> elevators just to increase the odds, you know? If he gets in it with me, I go to jail. If he gets in it with you, we've got a comic book. You know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. 
All right. Well, that was like the thing I actually, because uh, apparently Kevin's uh, cardinal sister, uh, I think I've told you before, she works for Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I just got done she, listening to like three or four Gifted Punksters episodes. I'm aware. But yeah, but she uh, she goes to Comic Cons like, like for her job, and um, <laughs> she currently got sent there. She got to San Diego. So she's in San Diego right now for that Comic Con. <gasps> I know it hurts me so much, but. Uh, but like Kevin was showing me the text because she was just like he was just like it's like do you have anything that you like want me to do while I'm here and he's like tell Scott Snyder that I love him and thank you for following the podcast <laughs> and I was just like good call. <laughs> uh, you know what? The very last uh, the 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 final thoughts of this episode we're going to talk about Comic Con. So safe. So yes, I'm excited because you you posted that. Th- oh, I was just oh god. Okay, so your <laughs> turn for story you would pitch from a major character. That's the thing. Is like, I mean, I have ideas. I don't like. I don't have like fully fleshed out stories per se. That's all right. Like the we'll one work that, together. The one that I would like. Okay, the characters I've most wanted to kind of work with are um, the X Men, specifically X twenty three, um, aka currently Wolverine, um, and Superman. Because like I've said before, like, the, the Superman idea that I had was basically just like. The whole idea of like because I mean it's been it's an idea that fascinated me ever since I saw Superman Returns. Like there's that shot where he flies into space, and um, you hear him kind of listen, and then like kind of hear like the problems and then just fly. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, so basically you have a guy who can save anyone, but can't save everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, what would that do to you, like on a psychological level? Because okay. like. No matter how smart you are, how emotionally strong you are, like at a certain point, I can't imagine that wouldn't break you. Just because it's just probably like, be like, it would probably be easiest to do in like a uh, killing joke style trait, like a very a long a, comic, a, a small trait, a graphic novel. A graphic yeah, novel. a graphic novel. I know, but I read um, an article about how they hate the term graphic novel, so now I'm just so like no, gun that, shy that's to legit, call things. That's, that's a legitimate graphic novel. Like a, a, a trade paperback is not a graphic novel. Like, yes, it's like a, people have this thing where that 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 that, that became the thing for the longest time. Um, but like the Killing Joke is a graphic novel. Like that was intended as a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I would just like because I always thought the character of X twenty three, especially when she was like first kind of debuted, has she always been Wolverine's daughter? She's never his daughter. Okay. It was, that's like, in the movies, they made that. Th- even in the movies, they didn't really do that. They was because they they, they calls him daddy, but it was the whole thing is it's a clone. Yeah. So like they're technically not father and daughter they're just it's she's a clone like there's just a female version of him yeah um but yeah no like i always like the idea of like because basically wait, like, wait a minute wait a minute sorry sorry i don't mean to keep cutting you off in x2 x-men united was the chick with the was she a clone of wolverines that's lady that's right she's just a completely different character but just same like like they, they did the powers right like they didn't do that for the movie like that's her she well, heals I- and has the fingers uh, the fingers are different in the comics. Like they, they aren't like claws. They don't like re- retract. Like she just has like big fucking claws. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Um. But no. And now that's what you're gonna thought. Um, <laughs> X23 clone of Wolverine. Yeah. Well, I mean the thing that like, I thought was interesting, especially because like um, I've been rereading like the 2000s stuff recently because I ended up reading um, because after I read. Um, the Bendis X-Men run on Kevin's constant fucking talking about it. Um, I ended up going back and rereading. Well, I read it mostly for the first time. I only read the first arc. But I read uh, Brubaker's X-Men run and Fraction's X-Men run 
and um, and then from there read like X Force, um, and like the idea that I always thought was really cool was that like she he's literally like they even say like with Wolverine like whenever they kind of have them in the same place at the same time or just like he's a man she's a weapon and that's the thing is I was just like it's just kind of a really cool idea where it's just like yeah she's a weapon and like she can like kind of go into this full like kind of like closed off like weapon mode like his Not even like berserker. Oh, no, okay. no 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 that's, that's what I'm saying like because like Wolverine it's it's like a when he like sees red and like whatever like that's that's it's still emotion based like hers just there literally is no emotion to it it's literally just like a robot she just basically goes into full like fucking like just killing people mode mm-hmm. and I was just like and that's why Wolverine like the whole thing of X-Force was basically um from the beginning like Logan continuously telling Scott that he's like it's like I don't want her doing this. He's like I want her to be normal. I want her to be a kid. Like I want her to be a girl. It's like I don't want her to be a weapon anymore. And Scott kind of continuously pushing the whole thing until basically the end of the series when it finally comes down to it and it just like um it it transitions into uncanny X-Force, but like he actually says at the end is like she's out. Like he's just like cuz that was the whole thing. It's like I like the idea of her being Somebody who was never meant to be, like... It's, like, the whole idea that, like, when you create... Like, because, I mean, if they haven't yet, they will at some point actually clone people. And it was, like, the whole thing... The, the idea that I had... Um, I've talked about it before. Where, like, there was one time that I watched... I think it was the second or third time I watched Blade Runner. Where, like, I literally couldn't sleep. I spent the whole night thinking about the moral implications of replicants. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, to me, the idea that you could have people that you created, but since you didn't create them, like, the old-fashioned way, um, that you could just make them into whatever the fuck you wanted and not in any way think of the consequences of that for them. And that's fucking disgusting and psychotic to me, but it doesn't surprise me. Like, I'm sure there'll be a point when, like... I mean, just, like, it's basically like Star Wars. I'm sure at some point we'll basically have, like, a fucking clone army. It's because, like they'll be seen as, like, disposable human beings. And, like, it's, like, the, or, or even the line in the, Blade Runner, the new Blade Runner trailer when, like, uh, Jared Leto's character is, like, every great civilization was built in the back of a disposable workforce. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, just the idea of, like, you can treat people like that disgusts but also fascinates me because I'm just, like, how do you get to that headspace? Um, so, basically, my whole lots thing... Lots and lots do, of money. <laughs> The thing that I would do with X-23 if I was going to do, like, a solo series um, wouldn't be, like, what she's doing, like, what they're doing now with her, which is fine. Basically, what the whole thing they did is, like, um, I actually said this to Kevin last night when, like, they uh, first, um, like, announced Death of Wolverine. I was like, for what? Six fucking months? And then, like, they actually managed to keep him dead, and I was the way they did it was actually brilliant because it was, like, Basically, um, you have X-23 steps up and becomes the new Wolverine. Mm-hmm. You have um, Old Man Logan brought over to this universe when Secret Wars ends. So you have a Logan and you have a Wolverine. So in fact, you actually now have basically two. Because it's like, which is Marvel's wet dream. Because it's just like, the whole reason they created so many characters in the 90s that were like, like Gambit, like the reason the Gambit, I think, fell out of favor was because Gambit was like the most one-dimensional Wolverine clone, like fucking ever, where it was just like... 
it's like, well, we want like another roguish badass, but like that people will love. So let's create this character. A little bit more charisma, a little bit less hate. Well, yeah, but still, like, but in fairness, like, it's people don't get what makes Wolverine interesting. The whole idea that makes Wolverine interesting is the journey. Mm -hmm. Is like that thing is like the thing I had said before. I was just like, um, there was a thing I I was just saying to Kevin last night where I was just like, um, there's a line Chris Claremont had said where Chris Claremont's like, Wolverine's a guy who is always like, there's one more step. Mm-hmm. And then, like everyone's like, "No, Logan, you're there. Like you are the man you want to be. Like you, this you, you're a great man. You're a hero. Like you're like you are what you want. Like the journey's over. You're there." And Wolverine's like, "No, there's one more step." And that's kind of my whole thing. Is like the story that I would want to do is basically X twenty three, um, learning to be a human being after she has been created and for a long time used as a weapon like i would kind of like to do like um there was an old like, oh actually this this is a, i was gonna say kung fu but you wouldn't understand that um you know like the old like uh incredible hulk tv show with yeah. uh bill bixby okay basically like yeah like basically like that basically like every uh issue is like basically like her kind of maybe one or two issues whatever um but everything is like her like basically walking the earth and kind of getting into like adventures but kind of also just learning about humanity and learning to be human like that's so like, an idea that fascinates me like say she's like so, so she's on an adventure or, or on a journey or whatever she's walking through i don't know some like third world country and she sees like uh tribes fighting let's say and she just instantly like claws out eyes glossed over all right and then she has that like w- like a panel of like flash on her brain like wait a minute like that was that was her instinct just boom all right ready to fight and then she controlled to step down that'd be kind of neat I think I mean like but the whole thing is like for me it's like the reason that I think that like I don't know it's like you are like thinking like in action ways is actually probably the smarter way because I mean I'm sure Marvel wouldn't let me do like just <laughs> kind of like whatever book but like um it's like the, the current book is very like action oriented I'm just mm-hmm. like that's fine but that's not what I want like I was just or like, even okay so like in a more basic setting like even like learning really simple stupid human stuff like uh, the way music sounds and the way food tastes like to her. Every, like, f- food is fuel, music is nonsense, I'm a person with a, pr- or I'm a thing with a purpose. So you want to write the stuff of her, like, learning all these different experiences that make it more than that? Yeah, and also, like, just, um, like, learning emotions. That was thing that I thought that they did actually kind of well in, um, because, like, I actually mentioned last night to Kevin, because, like, we were doing, basically, we kind of brought back the top fives and kind of worked with, like, our favorite, um, characters in, I took Marvel, he took DC, and I took X-Men, and um, one of my favorite eras of X-Men is the one that nobody really remembers but me as far as, like, because nobody ever mentions it but me, is um, when uh, Kyle and Yost uh, wrote New X-Men, where it was basically kind of back to the kind of basics of basically, like, the young team being trained. Um, and, like, I like the idea that basically uh, Laura ends up developing a crush on Hellion, and... At one point, like, when, like, she gets, like, kind of jealous and she ends up, like, tearing up a fucking bathroom and, like, cutting on herself. Because she doesn't know how to deal with it. She's just, like, she doesn't know how to deal with, like, A, feeling these things in the first place, but B, rejection. Like, just, like, these things that, like, you kind of have to learn, like, by the time you get to being a teenager, like, that you kind of have to learn to deal with, like, so by the time you're there, you're prepared. She's basically just, like, learning this stuff, like, that she should have been, like, getting when she was, like, five 
mm-hmm. now, and it's all basically just like this flood of fucking information and emotions and all this stuff. So it's like just basically a story of like how it's almost the way I would tell it is almost be like Sandman, like the way uh, Neil Gaiman told Sandman mm-hmm. of basically just like kind of like it's it's about the journey and not the destination. Like I would just kind of like basically just how you turn her into like an actual fully formed human being and a character like how you make her wolverine how how like, would you um how how would your like final fight the go then because every everything has like or not fight necessarily but final cl- conflict like what's the wrap up i mean that's the thing is like again i, I since this is the journey i don't know if i would i mean you or I you could, I, I mean heck even the wrap up could be that her standing on the edge of something looking out and deciding she's still got more to do mhm yeah, I mean, I would be down for that, but I mean, I, at the same time, like, I, I'd be down, like, because the main thing I would use, which is, they already used her, and, like, I mean, but, like, um, there was another character, it was kind of, like, um, in Logan, where there was, like, a bunch of them, um, and, like, there's one of them that's basically, like, her kind of, like, the evil version of her, mm-hmm. um, and I was going to use, um, like, kind of, like, for the final conflict, if I was to get there, I would either use that character or I would use Sabretooth. That'd be dope. Because, like, both characters would kind of accomplish similar goals of kind of, like, being kind of like the final exam. Like, if the if the series is, like, for education, yeah. like, in both of those cases, it would be kind of the final exam. Okay. Like, would she kill him or do you not ever kill him? No. Because she's no, human at this point. Yeah, exactly. Oh, snap. I like that. I'd read that. I mean, I'll read just about anything, but I'd read the hell out of that. All right, well, no, that's a good segue into my final story. So I asked you to pick a hero for me to develop a story for, and you said, Squirrel Girl. And that was the first time you said it. I was like, all right, easy peasy. So I went on Wikipedia for a little bit, started reading about Squirrel Girl. Not easy peasy. So (laughs) questions before I give you my story, because it's kind of related to your story, but in a less emotional, more adventurous way. That's the kind of story I like. I'm all about the adventure. Anyways, I mean, if there's there's a, there's currently a Squirrel Girl series going on. I mean, you could always read that as well. <laughs> oh, no, I will, but I didn't want to read too much. I kind of like going, hey, did this ever happen? And then trying to build a story that hasn't happened. If we're being completely fair, I've only read, like, bits and pieces. Like, the main reason the main reason I know Squirrel Girl is because of uh, GLA, mm-hmm. which was a series that um, Dan Slott did. Actually, it was the thing that made me start liking Dan Slott. Um, was it was a series he did during... Um, it was, like, right after Civil War, they did the whole initiative thing. Yeah. The whole thing of the initiative was basically, like, 50 states, everyone has a superhero team. And I think it was um, Wisconsin that got the GLA. That's all. And it's weird, basically... But awesome. It's, like, the crappiest fucking superhero team where just, like, Mr. Immortal, who really has no superpowers of the fact that you can't kill him. Like, every time yep. you kill him, he comes back to life. Uh, Flatman, who literally, that's his power. He's flat. <laughs> um, like, Big Bertha, who is, like... Um, the blob from can, X-Men, basically, right? Well, no, but she can, like, basically get it all out and be, like, this supermodel. Oh. Like, she, basically, her powers, like, she basically, she can fluctuate. Oh, like um, in, like, that fat guy in X3, when he's sitting in the chair and the guy walks up, like, and they're like, oh, shit, he's gonna sit in between us, and then he shrinks into a, a skinny guy. Do you remember sure. that? Sure. I hate X3, so okay, I don't Okay, well, it's, it when, ever, but... it's when, it's uh, when, Magneto's giving his big speech inside the hall. He well, no, a speech is going on about fighting the cure, and Magneto walks through and is like, "You come, you know." He 
brings them all into his army. But yeah, fat guy's walking through, gonna sit down between two people. They're like, oh shit, okay, this isn't gonna be fun. And then he shrinks into a normal-sized guy. That's basically Big Bertha. Fair enough. Um, and then, like, Doorman, who just hit a teleporter. Um, but yeah, it's the crappiest fucking superhero team. And uh, Squirrel Girl ends up joining, and you think, like, oh, Jesus. But then it turns out that she's like, the most powerful fucking one of them. Like... That's I just always like that. That's the reason I think she's a cool character. But in fairness, I've only ever read like her in GLA and her because there was a whole thing in um, New Avengers, with the second run of New Avengers. Because um, basically, it went um, Avengers, Avengers assembled when like the Avengers basically ceased to be, and then you had New Avengers, which was like basically what Bendis did for like a huge chunk of it. Where it was like your original, like your new team, where it was like uh, Captain America, Iron Man, Luke Cage, Spider Woman. Um, Spider-Man, uh, Wolverine, and uh, Ronan, who originally was Echo and then became uh, Hawkeye later. Um, but you had them, and then it was like at a certain point they became like full-fledged Avengers. So then you ended up like with the the other new Avengers team was basically Luke's team, like basically like regular like regular Avengers was Cap's team, and then like new Avengers was Luke's team, and um, they're all living Avengers Mansion instead of Avengers Tower, where. Um, the regular Avengers were located and um, since they were living in the mansion and like um, Jessica was there because obviously that's the mother of his child and his wife um, like they needed a nanny and the nanny ends up being Squirrel Girl because yeah, they, inter- they, they interview that. all these like different candidates and like the most powerful Squirrel Girl <laughs> which you wouldn't think but also she's very nurturing and like she's a very nice person so she's perfect um, but yeah so that's really all I've, I've ever only re- ever really read Squirrel Girl in like team like book settings but I just appreciate the character. So what I've learned about her, uh, yeah, she's the nanny of Luke and Jessica Jones, she's an Avenger, she's in the JLA, she has befriended Galactus, she has taken down Deadpool with a a crew, she uh, took down Thanos, who turned out to not be Thanos, but then also was actually Thanos, Um, she goes to high school... Or college tries not to fight bad guys, but every now and again she has no choice but to. Her superpowers are strength, agility. She has these like bone claw knuckles that aren't like Wolverines but shorter. Uh, she's got a prehensile pre pre whatever. She's got a tail that's that can do everything tails can do, and uh, like in certain stories she has like enhanced senses like Wolverine. She can smell and hear and see. So here is what I was thinking. Squirrel Girl, not really a part of any one group entirely, but also a part of every group, it sounds like, in the Marvel Universe. Basically, she shows up when needed, decides that she wants to become a full-fledged superhero. Because according to Wikipedia, that's not, like, her MO. She's not like, yeah, I'm going to be the next Iron Man. She's more like, yeah, I'll help when needed. Like, I'm trying to just live life. So in my story, she decides, screw it. I'm going all in. But But she does it in, like, a corny fan of... Batman would do it where like she wants to get a lair she wants to get a suit she wants to get all this so she doesn't have like a secret hideout does she uh not that I can recall all right well I have her start by seeking out a hideout oh and her teeth are strong enough to bite through like wood and shit they did one of those in the story so I would do it like that she starts so start story out with her deciding I want to be a superhero what the hell do I do first oh I know just like anyone else I gotta have a bat cave or a uh Layer of Solitude, or whatever all these people have. Wow, does Marvel... Fortress of Solitude. Fortress 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 of of Solitude. Solitude. Does Marvel really have any of these cool layers besides the Avengers Tower and shit? Who else has them? Well, 
Well, okay, fine. I, I, basically, yes, they're all basically like things that Tony Stark has built. Okay, so it's not really popular in the Marvel universe. So I would start it here, uh, and she like it, it seeks this out. That's her. That's her step one. Like any nerd who decides to be a superhero, gotta have some cool place to have all my business conducted. So she's got to find something like that. Spoiler alert: It's gonna be a tree. She's Squirrel Girl. It's, <laughs> come, come on, she's she like. Maybe in San Francisco, she finds a redwood and decides to make that her. And it's in a it's in a forest of redwoods, and no one would find it. And if they did, it'd be by happenstance, and they couldn't get to it because those trees are absurdly large. Which reminds me, as an aside, don't forget what you're going to say. Uh-huh. But I saw War for the Planet of the Apes Tuesday. It's fucking fantastic. Go ahead. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> so she goes. She finds. Let's just say, like, she sees this one redwood. It's like in the middle of the forest so it's really hard to get to and it's a little bit larger than everything else and she decides to hollow out like three quarters up and make that her secret hidey home awesome b what do you do next patrick what would you do next if you're just a fan trying to become a superhero um i mean then you would try to seek out like either crime or like villains before that before that what do you mean before that? After you, I got the lair, that's the next step. You to gotta me. have the suit, man. She already wa- has a suit. She wears a freaking like flannel jacket and jeans. It's not a suit. <laughs> so she gets a real. She tries. We're not gonna actually suit up Squirrel Girl, but she tries, uh, and she puts on these really corny costumes and goes out and does exactly what you said. I'm gonna get that mugger and I'm gonna stop this fire and I'm gonna do this and everyone just judges her for looking corny. Kind of like Spider-Man when he had his corny Spider-Man-ness on. Uh, so she ditches the costume, goes back to who she was, but like maybe with a mask or something. I mean, she has a tail, a really large tail. You know who Squirrel Girl is. Uh, and she figures that out. So then next is to try to impress somebody. So we already know as readers slash, you know, the universe that she's done badass stuff like befriending Galactus. So, so what if, what if, I don't know how I could do this, Patrick, but would it be too far-fetched to say that she stages a Galactus uh, invasion that she can win? Yes, I don't think she would do that. So, so she did, (laughs) I can't remember which story, but she, Galactus was coming to eat Earth like he does every now and again. She went up on the moon, talked to him, and said, dude, there's a planet over there with no life forms, but all this sort of energy and yada yada. Go to that. How she knew that, I don't know. I didn't read that far ahead. Galactus goes, you're all right, kid. I'll do that, but I can't promise I won't be back. And she goes, I can live with that promise. Like, yeah, that's fine. Go have a good one. So I thought it would be funny if she contacts Galactus, says, hey, let's just pretend like you're going to eat Earth, and I stop you, and you go on your merry way, that everyone knows I'm on that level. And then Galactus goes, yeah, sure, that sounds like a good plan. Wink, wink, cough, cough, I'm still gonna try to eat your Earth. Comes down, freaking the Avengers show up, and all these different people are like, oh shit, it's Galactus again. The Fantastic Fours gets together, even though they're not in comics right now, and they're like, hey, we're we're gonna help too. And she's like, okay, yeah, huh, I got, I'll take care of this. So she goes to fight him single-handedly, little whisper, okay, okay, you can leave now, I totally beat you. And he's like, are you kidding me? No, I'm definitely gonna eat this planet. That was I. I never once said for real. My fingers are crossed this whole time, lady. Tries to. She teams up with everybody and kicks Galactus's ass and sends his butt packing. And then everyone loves Squirrel Girl. She has the lair. She's got the popularity in the name. She's got the invitation from the to the actual full-on major Avengers, which she turns down because she's trying to be a solo hero now. And she lives a happy life. Fair enough. Well, and actually. 
this is on a completely different uh, thing, but like, did you listen to our Fantastic Four episode? Yes, I did. Kevin's pitch for fucking, uh, for how you bring the uh, Fantastic Four in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. I love so much, and if people haven't listened to it, I, they should. And like, I actually made him do that because there was one night, we literally were just sitting on, we, we, we actually hadn't even made it to like, the podcast area. We were just, it was like right after I dropped him off, or like right after we, we I basically, what I usually do when we do podcasts, which is like, I pick him up at work and we go to his house. And usually what happens, basically, like, first, we sit outside while he smokes cigarettes. Just, I found the episode, it's called Impending Doom, for anyone who might want to listen yes. to that. Um, but yeah, so, like, we were sitting on the uh, porch uh, while he's smoking cigarettes, and um, he then uh, lays out, like, how he would bring Fantastic Four in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it was so fucking good that, like, when we were, like, talking about doing the Fantastic Four episode, I'm like... Mm. you're doing that like i was like i can't do it justice so like, you need to just lay, lay, lay that, that was the out. i'm not gonna say it all just i'm trying to remember really quick that was like the uh three-part movies where they lose their universe and come to ours yes got it yeah. okay yeah that's all you need to know like if that's intriguing enough which it really should be listen to the end it's at the end but listen to the whole episode it's really cool indeed but yeah cause i cause I've, I've always really wanted because I, I, I think they need it more now than ever um when they do the next, basically one after Infinity War, and um, I'm guessing the third, the 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 second part of Infinity War, will just be Infinity because, um, like, once they showed at at um, D twenty three, the Disney Expo, when they showed the Black Order um, for Thanos, which literally didn't exist before Infinity, mm-hmm. I was like, so they're probably gonna do Infinity as the second part, um, like like Infinity War is them versus Thanos without the gauntlet it infinity war part two which is no longer called that is the infinity gauntlet and the and the guys well the black order probably i don't know what i i, I don't know but i'm just saying like after that all, all happens cause i've been saying ever since they introduced thanos and they didn't avengers i was just like but how do you top thanos and i was just like i guess galactus but they don't have the rights to galactus um and i guess they tried to make the deal there's like the whole thing is basically i guess when um when fox was about to lose the rights to daredevil um, they were like desperately trying to put a movie together to keep the rights, and I guess Feige went to them. I was like, "We'll give you an extension on your Daredevil option if you just give us Galactus and Silver Surfer. Like you can keep Fantastic Four, you can keep all that shit. That's fine. It's all yours. Just give us those two characters, and then you're, all, you're you will extend it. You're all set." And they were like, "No, we'll keep what we have. You go away." And he's like, "All right." So I was like. Um, I'm pretty sure, honestly, but, like, I don't think they'll ever make a deal for the X-Men because the deal they have with the X-Men is too good and too ironclad, and it's also so successful. Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, their deal with Fantastic Four, I think, will end up probably be, like, even though Kevin Feige keeps saying it's not going to happen, I think at a certain point it's going to be, like, basically, like, the whole, like, uh, Sony Spider-Man thing, where at a certain point they're like, you know what, we've tried this twice, just take it. Just, just fucking. It's, it's yours. Just like and they, it's got this, to. It's got to. Like that's the yeah. So I'm saying like if they if slash when that happens, like I feel like the only way you can top Thanos is Galactus. I don't know how the fuck you top Galactus though. You don't. <laughs> you, 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 I mean, really. I mean, you would have to ground it again. Like you would have to break. So so Infinity War is going to have. Are they uh, almost everyone in the Marvel universe so far? Like they're yeah. gonna really ball out. So 
Post that, you'll have to break the teams up, kind of like they did at the end of uh, Age of Ultron. Like, you've got the new Avengers, and the old Avengers are out doing their, their jazz. You'll just have to break the team up and have, you know, Avengers, and they're fighting freaking, I don't know. Well, no, wait, the Spider-Man universe isn't in this one. They're fighting... It is and it isn't. Like, that's the whole thing. Is like, hold on. They actually they announced this. yesterday that uh, Matt Gargan, they're actually, they're, they changed the casting of the Scorpion to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Scorpion. So, like, clearly, like, they're hell-bent. There's a Marvel Cinematic like, Scorpion? Yeah, if you watched, you saw Homecoming. The guy with the scorpion tattoo on his neck? Oh, but they, he's, his, his deal now goes into the MCU, not the Sony U. Well, that thing, though, now it does. Originally, they had cast him. Marvel cast him. Yeah, and Sony was doing silver and black with a different Matt Gargan. Uh-huh. Um, they they were using a different actor, mm-hmm. uh, and then they announced yesterday that they have fired that actor and they brought in that actor from and the I was end just of Homecoming. Like, yeah, so that's the whole thing. Is like I guarantee you because that's the thing is basically Sony's very clearly like we're going to basically because I, I and actually I don't think their idea is bad. because Kevin Feige is like no, we're not making a deal that like somehow like gives you everything. So like they're basically just like okay. So what we're doing is we're going to have basically this shoot over here that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but isn't. Like, so basically, it's like they're not going to contradict the Marvel Cinematic Universe in any way, so it'll count. Uh-huh. But at the same time, like, it's, it's so that they don't have to make a new deal with Kevin Feige. Because I knew Kevin Feige, like, I said that to Kevin yesterday, but it was just like, like, he was, like, saying it was short-sighted. I'm like, I honestly don't even think it was, like, I don't think he cared about any other character but Spider-Man. <laughs> so oh, it was yeah. just like... So it was like when everyone's just like the, the whole nature of this deal. I'm just like, I honestly don't think he gives a shit. I think he's just like, yeah, it's fine. Like we wanted Spider Man, we got Spider Man, we're fine. Like we're moving on, yeah, yeah. So. That's awesome. Oh, that's gonna be so good. All right, so we're an hour in. Let's play our games, and then I want to talk about real quick about Comic Con. So our who's who. I took specifically in relation to when we went to Comic Con together. Which was last year. It wasn't that long ago. Actually, it was just 10 months ago and almost... Oh, dude, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. So, who's who? This one, uh, actually, uh, all I have five of them here. I'm only going to do three, obviously. Who's who? Dirk Gently and Todd. <laughs> uh, I mean, I take you to more interesting places, so probably <laughs> I would be Dirk and you'd be Todd. <laughs> you, do, you do lead me astray a little bit. I get that. Uh... I am definitely very family orientated, so that works in my favor as being Todd. I don't really care about my general safety and well-being. That leads me to Dirk. Uh, you never lie, which makes you... Well, they both lied a little bit in there. Um, yeah, all right, I'll be Todd. Yeah, I need mean, to be Elijah Wood. I'm cool with it. I'm good with that. No biggie. Uh, the re- so that relation was we went to a Jerk Gently panel in New York City Comic Con, which I had no idea was even a thing, never heard of the book, never heard of anything. And it turned out being amazing. We watched the show, and it was great. So that's a nice little tie-in. I'll do, it, I'll do each tie-in as we go on. In fairness, that was the BBC America panel that also had Doctor Who, which you don't really appreciate that you were in the same room with Peter Capaldi and like, the showrunner, but was, that's fine. But, but, so you're gonna, you'll see what I'm going to right here. All right, who's who? Neo and John Wick. Both Keanu Reeves characters, which was part of the same building, but not the BBC panel. It was the the John Wick 2 panel we got to go to. Well, again, that was a Lionsgate panel that also was Power Rangers, but... Um... Yeah, but I couldn't... I didn't want, I didn't know what to do for that one. I could have just said, which Power <laughs> Rangers are we? But I haven't seen the new movie yet, so I didn't do that one. 
I mean, if anything, if you're if you're any Keanu Reeves character, you're probably closer to Ted. But... Well, yes, but I don't want to be Ted, so I either want to be Neo or John Wick, or his character um, from Speed, I guess. But we're sticking with these two. I mean, I guess actually Speed would be kind of because, like, Speed at least he was very polite gentleman. Like, <laughs> um, but here we are not. I mean, at work people have already started calling me fucking John Wick because of like, I guess I don't really know why, but yeah, I guess because I like bloody, the movie. I guess. Or, yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I guess I'm John Wick, so I guess by default you'd be Neo in this situation, okay. but I don't think you're Neo at all. You're basically Ted. <laughs> what the? Oh, my TV went away. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm Neo at all. I look more like John Wick when I had my hair and beard, but that's gone, so I don't have that going for me anymore. Uh, let's see, defining characters. All right, John Wick loves his dead wife and dead dog and new dog so that's nice but he kills mercilessly not my strong suit neo is super intelligent not my strong suit but um would i rather be a cold-blooded assassin who is admired and feared by everyone or the chosen one that's what it, or the the Christ figure. <laughs> or the Christ figure. You know what? I'll be Christ. Got it. <laughs> Kevin Mills equals or less than Jesus. Moving of on. Of course. Uh, and the last one, which you already referenced, if each of us, and also in recent light of recent news, if each of us was to be a doctor from Doctor Who, who would we be? We went to the Doctor Who panel and Blaze Doctor. It was the same Lady. panel. <laughs> yeah, but it was a, it was a separate panel in the major panel block. So, Lady's Doctor Who is a woman, which me and you actually talked about, would they ever make a woman way back at, at I think it was at Comic-Con, I was like, has there been a woman? And you're like, no, and I was like, would they ever? And you're like, I don't know, I don't see why not, and it doesn't matter, woman now, if each of us was to be a doctor, who would we be? Oh, wow, um, where did I put that who? Was it each of us be a doctor, comma, who would we be? Or, each of us be a doctor <laughs> who, comma, incomplete sentence, would we be? I don't know, I don't know. Um, like... You, I would say, is probably more like. Uh, I mean, no wait. You're a little bit. You're a little bit Tom Baker, uh, the fourth Doctor. Is he the um, one with the scarf? Yes. Nice. Uh, um, um, you're a little bit Matt Smith as well. Nice. That's um, the tenth Doctor. Eleventh. Eleventh Doctor. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Um, I had to count. Um. But yeah, isn't um, the ninth Doctor kind of cool, kind of quirky? I, I was gonna say, um, I feel like I'd be like Eccleston is probably the closest. That's the to ninth I, one. Who yeah. I would be? Yeah, um, there's also a little bit of Capaldi in me, so like it'd be somewhere between uh, nine and twelve. Like, all right, so that's... you're you're Doctor Twenty One, and I'm <laughs> Doctor Fifteen. That's sure. not bad. That's good. I'm good with that. <laughs> all right, I've got more who's who's later that I want to ask, but we've got. Time schedule. So, who would win in a fight? <laughs> so, shouts out Jeff Stone for coming up for how ridiculous. All the ones that have been Jeff have been just so absurd, and you'll just know it, so I don't even need to shout them out anymore. Who would win in a fight? Beavis versus Stimpy. <laughs> Beavis from Beavis and Butthead versus Ren and Stimpy. I, Stimpy. How would a human not beat a cat in a fight? <laughs> like, because that cat is balls to the wall, and his body can't seem to be hurt at all. Well, fine. That was an unfortunate rhyme. Um, <laughs> that's what I do. Just slide it in there. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate too. Um, I mean, 
I yes, I still say Beavis would win. Like, okay. I mean, if if he, I mean, yeah, he's probably inept. But I mean, if a man can't beat a cat in a fight, yeah. I have serious like you know I, I don't I, understand how. You know what I picture? This is how I end that fight. We'll give that one to Beavis, but this is how I give that fight. They start. Beavis slaps Stimpy in the in the face, and Stimpy just does that stupid face with the tongue out, where you're like, "What the? What is is this on? Is this thing on?" And then Beavis just punches him two or three more times, feeling super hardcore, starts doing the classic breaking the law, breaking the law. In which case, Stimpy dances by shaking his butt like he does in the stupid dance scenes, and that's how it ends with breaking the law butt rumper. Fair enough. I would that that, that actually that that would work. It <laughs> <laughs> makes total sense. Indeed. All right. Who would win in a fight? Terry Crews versus Michonne from Dodgeball. Michonne. Or Michelle. Michelle from Dodgeball. So wait, the actor versus a character? <laughs> no, Terry from Brooklyn Nine-Nine versus Michelle from oh. Dodgeball. It's basically uh, bad guy versus cop. I mean, that's that's happened in a ton of stories. In fairness, I don't really remember Dodgeball, like... Oh, and I mean, okay. I remember big parts of Dodgeball. I don't remember, like, the supporting characters, except for the unibrow that was with the guy from oh, Avatar and such. <laughs> that was a good one. I don't remember her. And it's it's all Whenever, sorts of randomness. Yeah, it's some fucking, like, Slovakian name that I'm not going to try to pronounce. Wow, the fact that I didn't go to Hatchet first makes me really sad for myself. Because um, that actor, Joel David Moore, he's, like, most famously in Hatchet. But I went to Avatar first. I hate myself. Yeah, um, you win some, you lose some. Um, I guess I'm just gonna go with Terry Crews as Terry, just because I like Terry Crews. So I love fuck Terry Crews, and he loves yogurt in that show, and it just is perfect. I used to really like Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I don't watch it anymore, but I probably should. Uh, yeah, I never disliked it. I only watched the first season though. Andy Samberg drives me insane sometimes. Like uh, sometimes I think he's great. Is, is, is anyone named fucking with an A at the beginning of their name? Because Adam Sandler is the same thing. Like certain times his his stick is adorable and fun and charming, and then other times I'm like, dude, give it up. Like Brooklyn Nine Nine is literally just Andy Samberg making wide faces, going, huh? And I'm sick of it. All right, <laughs> who would win in a fight, Patrick? Buzz Lightyear versus Gumby. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> that means Gumby and Buzz Lightyear get into fisticuffs, and someone walks out knocked out, or, well, walks out, and the other one stays there knocked out. I mean, I'm gonna go Buzz Lightyear because he's a fucking warrior, but I don't know why this would happen. <laughs> Gumby's made of clay, though. Would Buzz even be able to hurt him? Yes, because he's Buzz fucking Lightyear, and Buzz yeah. Lightyear's the rescue. To infinity okay. and beyond, motherfucker. All right, fair enough. I, I'm, I feel like they would be fighting, and then that red clay horse thing that's his best friend would come pokey. and just pokey pokey would come out of nowhere and just drop kick buzz down that's my ending i don't feel like that's accurate but okay <laughs> all right so what was that thing you posted on facebook that got me super jazzed up about comic-con it was a picture the, was, oh the aerial where it was like uh yeah with the bar. <laughs> that's exactly it and i'm gonna share that to men in the machine because god i loved that so much i uh, <laughs> All right, very so, nice for see Chris, but <laughs> yeah, that's true. But Chris doesn't need this. Okay, this is for us. So, anyways, I uh, went to Comic Con last year. Wonderful. We're going this year. Everything's still good, right? Everyone's Kevin's got the time off put in and submitted. I already submitted mine. You're definitely good to go. Yeah. True. I mean, as far as I know, yeah. I mean, okay. I, 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 as far as I know, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. So, so. What? There's a the disaster artist trailer. Ugh, maybe I'll watch that. I don't know. Anyways, uh, Kevin's gonna bring his recording device, and we're gonna do a podcast every night, right? Right? 
Ah, uh, that's whatever. We're, I I am cool with that plan. Yes. All right. So Although here's there's probably the thing. gonna be one night where like, um, he'll probably end up going to Brooklyn to see the baby, and we'll probably be on our own. But that's yeah. fine. We'll record our own podcast, uh, with his device. We won't worry about it. Anyways, I listened to a bunch of gifted punksters, which for those of you who haven't heard us talk about it enough, because I'm sure we have like twenty. Which no, we have more than like five fans. Dude, with this episode, we're gonna pass six hundred listens. It's dope making our way Indeed. yeah yeah we're cooking with gas anyways <laughs> uh i listened to a bunch of gifted punksters it's basically this podcast with a more insightful kevin is how i like <laughs> to think of it you want to listen to a kevin make dick jokes and ask patrick uncomfortable questions come on over here you want to uh, listen to a kevin say slightly pretentious things about pop culture you go there it's perfect that's the thing actually kevin had said uh which i thought was actually kind of cool i think it was last week where he was like, we're kind of the only ones that take like an academic approach to comic books. Oh yeah, and he's like, and he's like that's something we should be really proud of. And I was, like, I agree. Like it's it's kind of it is really kind of cool, and I like a lot that like we do something that really nobody else does. Where it's like he's like because he, he, he said he's just like there's lots of fucking uh, comic book podcasts if you look them up, but like they don't really usually take the like analytical approach that we do. No, so, I mean, they'll like, do the basic. They'll do, like, the immediately they're like, yeah, Batman's a tormented soul and Superman's really strong. They'll go with, like, the really basic theme. But uh, yeah. So I fell off on Gifted Punksters for a while, but that's mostly because you guys went, like, ten episodes in a row without talking about comics, and that was my favorite thing You literally thing did not did. do that. It was a lot, okay? So it made me fall off, but I'm back in it, uh, which is why we started this podcast. I was like, oh, man, whenever Patrick and Kevin talk about comics, I just get so fucking ready. And then... It, I was like, I want to, I want to hear Patrick talk about comics, and boom, Men of the Machine popped up. So, uh, when I was listening to it, I that's where everyone at work. So you know how you're the guy I go to for comics at work. There's like four of them, and now I am part of them. And I'm like, you guys know, I actually haven't read a ton. I just know all this stuff because I have a friend who has read more than you could possibly conceive, and he's my knowledge base. He's the chair I sit in to get all this information. So, I was listening through it, and your Fantastic Four one was dope. I listened to every Spider-Man one you guys did, and then I listened to the Van Scoy Brothers one, which is the best podcast you guys have done to date, in my opinion. Uh, well, okay, maybe I'm just, like, in the heat of the moment now, but it was virtually perfect. Nobody was kind of like the third man or fourth man out. Nobody wasn't insightful in some way, and nobody didn't have something to say at any point in time. It was perfect. So, I'm really excited about Comic-Con, because I really, every time... I I pick on the, basically the only inter, interaction I have with Cardinal anymore is calling him a bitch ass punk ass bitch on here, and I don't even remember why I did that, but I'm sure I had good reason. <laughs> I'm course. really excited to sit down and chit chat with Kevin about just stuff, about just stuff. I just I had so much fun doing gifted punksters those two times, and and at Comic Con we're all gonna be hanging out, and I don't he's gonna be right in the middle of me and you as far as like our crowd presence as you kept. Mm getting pissed at me for and i kept getting pissed at you for like patrick we don't have to go so fast and you're like fuck you we do have to do this and i was like okay yeah i guess so and you're like damn right i guess so it was a whole thing i feel like kevin's gonna be a nice buffer for that it's gonna be a really good trio <laughs> of of movement and uh i just wanted to make what? sure I'm, I'm gonna text him i think i have his number if y'all motherfuckers if you want to go slow that's entirely on you motherfuckers i'm doing what the fuck i want to do you guys you you make your own fucking decisions you're fucking grown-ass adults well, yeah, kind of. I don't pride myself. In, you know, okay, I'm married. 
I take care of my wife who has a chronic illness, and I have a full and I work full time. That's about the b- peak of my adultness. Oh, I pay bills. Whoa, big fucking whoop de doo. Which I'm finding out is more impressive than I thought. So this EB class I have for work is the youngest person there is 22 years old, but half of them still live at home with their parents. And I'm not like saying that's a shitty thing. We live in economic times where it makes more sense to stay at home longer. Yeah. But go be fucking independent, all right? No, Jay, come on, man. Like, I am, at my own admission, one of the most goofy, childish people in the world. And yet, I take enormous pride in the fact that me and my wife have, at, at only 26 years old, me and my wife have lived on our own, fully independent for eight years. I, it, I'm not saying I've lived a good life. I, I've missed rent because I couldn't afford the bill or shit. But that didn't mean I ran home like, oh, shit, life's tough. I don't know. Sorry, that's today's a lighthearted I, so day. No, a, no, yeah. you haven't either. That's why it's very easy to re- tell you, like, speak to you and like have you relate. But um, that's not. I'm not trying to bum anyone out. All I'm saying is, I am not an adult. I still need supervision at Comic Con. I just, I want my my goal this year. So last year, my goal was collect as many comics as that I thought were interesting, and you gave me. Which, by the way, I have to finish. I'm learning a lot about what you like in comics from your two, your Superman pitch and your X-23 pitch and the fact that you love Superman uh, Earth-1 so much because that book definitely is very um, uh, humanizing compared to some of the other shit. I, I like to read the, like, he put his claws through his face, and you're like, but why? <laughs> like, like that, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a nice comparison that, like, Superior Spider-Man is so amazing so far there's a few things that i'm found a little weird like i wish they would have held off on introducing the whole like peter parker's still there thing for a little bit longer oh but... keep reading yeah keep yeah reading yeah about. it gets better and better but so oh no but okay the one thing i will say because like, it's thing that actually kevin brought up one time when you we were talking about um is it's like that fucking other than maybe grant morrison dan slot is all about the fucking it's probably like the most kind of prolific as far as like playing the fucking long game yeah like clearly he had at least the ending of Superior planned out before he even started Superior. So he started it thirty issues in. Or well, he before. might have even he might have even fucking had the fucking like first few arcs of like the next shit like plan. Like he yeah. like it's it's everything. Trust me, like everything is there for a purpose, and it all like in Superior Spider Man is honestly probably. My personal favorite Spider-Man stuff, except for maybe the Ultimate stuff. Yeah, I'm like, really, really enjoying it so far. But so my goals this year at Comic Con is to a col- finish my Sandman collection because I've almost got them all. B find the first major like I don't know what they call them, but the the large trade of Why the Last Man. You know how they have one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah, 10, yeah, 11, 12. Yeah, yeah. The, the deluxe edition. The deluxe, yeah, the huge one that consists of the first four trades um find the first one of that finish my preacher collection and then lastly collect issues single issues like i don't want to do trades other than what i just said i want to find single issues of just i love can holding an issue for some reason because i'm new to it obviously i hear yeah. kevin <laughs> cardinal talk all the time he only reads trades only he's a trade that's his thing well in fairness like i mean i love the like monthly format of it but like having all these fucking books, like yeah. because, so like, many it's like, books. It's like at a certain point. That's why I like the Kindle thing. I'm just like I can. I still end up buying stuff that I want to support, mm-hmm. but like I can still like download a lot of shit and just kind of like not have to have it be taking space. Yeah, and still follow stuff. Follow stuff monthly. I'm just. I'm a which is super impressive about this. I'm a phase collector. Like something sounds fucking cool 
for three months I'll seek it out and spend more money than I should and then never see it again. Comics has actually lasted, and that's mostly your fault. So <laughs> uh, that's everything else. I collected, like, those Amiibos don't do that anymore. I collected belt buckles for a while because I thought they were cool. My dad gave me our... our the guy who's we used to keep our animals at before my dad bought the land was his name was Joe. When he passed away, they these two belt buckles from like the fifties, they're fucking solid steel. Gave them to my dad and I was the only one who wore belts like that took a belt buckle. He gave them to me and that just sparked like this shit, gotta collect them. I collected like cool shoes for a little while that I thought were neat. Like I go through phases. Comics hasn't faded yet. I want your collection of comics one day. Like I want to be not literally yours, although sure, <laughs> put me know. in your will. Like that'd be great. But <laughs> the amount like i just want to be able to like have a wall of comic books just just the whole just the whole wall comic books and i'm gonna get there i'm gonna god damn it oh, no, i'm dude. gonna do it if i ever get like a massive house i want to get like a fuck i, I definitely have a library of that motherfucker <laughs> yeah. oh yeah no by the way my goal is still so like i said we're almost at 600 i gotta start putting this stuff up but i want to share this around and i want to get more because god damn it i'm gonna find a way for you to make more money somehow so you can move near me and Kevin. I'm going to get Kevin here, too. I'm going to find a goddamn way, because unfortunately, Franny's pretty happy here, and we're hunkering down, and I've got a full-time, like, government fucking job I'm getting now. So, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. You and Kevin live lives that can easily be uprooted. I'm getting you here. Fair enough. And then we'll make money off this. We'll go to New York Comic Con every year. We'll go to all the Comic Cons. We'll go to all the shit, and we're going to just live comic book lives. We're going to be the second comic book men. We are going to be Kevin Smith's comic book men too that works for me <laughs> all right good well i can't really top that emotion so <laughs> so we'll call it a day as far as the podcast is concerned uh as always i am kevin the captain mills you're not the fucking captain fine then i'm patrick vicious motherfucker <laughs> yeah and this has been men of the machine thanks for listening